Oh, Manny, you know how I start the show every week because it's a weekly podcast and not a not a bi-weekly, right? Mm-hmm. How do I start the a- show? Manny? Every week, every seven days without fail. That's right. Absolutely. Never missed an episode. Not a single time have we missed an episode. I don't want to hear about it in the chat. I don't want to hear about it in the Discord. I don't want to hear about it anywhere. Can uh, we add it to band terms somewhere? Ooh, okay. Well, <laughs> you know, everyone's doing it. Everyone's making people sign terms of use. Uh, yeah, that's what I hear. I hear it's real doom and gloom. Uh, speaking of big Eula energy, <laughs> um, uh, we well, don't worry, Manny. Don't worry, Manny. Uh, you, I have a man here that you can direct all your negative energy direct right at him. Uh, we, we have we have Chris Leone on. Do I need someone else to direct my negative energy you on? Do- I mean, no, it no. feels yes. like it feels like yes. we have a a one to one going right now, Tom. No, it's it seems fine. Uh, it's fine. Well, you know, this is this is a big day, Manny. I know, I know. We we've had coke drivers, we've had we've had pest drivers, but we've never had someone from the IR downshift before. Not once. Yes, an actual iRacing person is blessing that's, us today. That's Praise right. be. That's right. <laughs> Praise be. Um, yeah, Chris, thanks for, thanks for coming on. Uh, I, I mentioned before... So are we talking tire warming first? Is that <laughs> is that the first topic of the day? <laughs> I was just about to say, you guys are starting to make me feel like Kathy Griffin, like I'm a real <laughs> bona fide D-list celebrity, and now I'm just like, uh-oh, what have I waited in? <laughs> just like endless gotcha questions. That's what I'm, I have ready. I was not hired for my ability to drive the cars, because there is none. <laughs> uh that's fine I'm, I'm just gonna put that out there right now I, I i am i am the worst sim racer in the iRacing office it's not what i was hired for the worst sim racer a hundred percent i Dang. am i am who the would slowest. be the second worst yeah who's I, the second worst? I don't i don't know i don't know all i remember is that i did one staff race we do staff races every friday and i and i when Crandom was released, because I'm the off-road guy, I um, I knew that there was no way I couldn't do the Crandon staff race because I'd never hear the end of it. Mm-hmm. And I think there were 18 people who showed up, and I brought up the back except for the people who DNF'd. So, and actually, no, I think I kind of withdrew after a few laps because I was just about to become a moving chicane. And on the rolling hills of Crandon, that's not really what you want. For, uh, no, it's not the know. energy you're really looking for. No, exactly. I mean, I've seen moving chicanes in person, and uh, it's it's frightening enough on a paved road course. On a dirt one, uh, yeah, no, 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 no. Well, no. Luck- luckily, we're just talking today, as far as I know. I don't that think I can any, do. There's no that way we can do probably too well. Yeah. We can do IMPC in in an hour. No. <laughs> I refuse. Where where is it? Where is it? Uh, Barcelona historic. Oh, it's incredible. Shit, that is a good combo. Okay, um, I Chris, I mentioned before the show. I said, I said, well, you know, tradition dictates that the guests would have a drink with us. Now, I have, I have a brandy old fashioned, which I thought was very Wisconsin, oh, very appropriate. What a man of culture! Um, with olives, by the way. So, just, just to be clear, wow. if anyone's wondering about my garnish of choice, it is indeed olives. Um, olives are trash, though. But that's fine. 
Uh, it's I'm a gonna, garnish. I'm gonna actually gonna have to, Chris. But if you can, you have. if you can take Manny's spot, I know it was like joking <laughs> about it earlier, but maybe if you could. Um, we're we're you three should. minutes in, and you're already offering me a full time gig. Well, yeah, I, 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 I barely said anything. It. Yeah, well, you've it's it's it. not a it's not a good gig, but it's a gig. Um, but did you did you pour yourself a drink, Chris? I did. I've got my i. I didn't really have much time to uh, make anything fancy, but you know. And I'm I'm not even the biggest hard liquor guy. Usually I'm just kind of the cheap 30 rack of beer kind of guy. And I do have this one grapefruit beer that I drink that my buddy uh, good. It introduced me to during, uh, God, I don't even remember just these things that we would go to in, in Boston. He has, he has family in the Navy and they have a parade. Bunker Hill Day. Th- that's what it was. Bunker Hill Day. Um, and it's, it's a German grapefruit flavored beer that I can't produce, but, um, Tonight I've actually I've I've just kept it simple. I've got my ginger ale and I got my uh, fistful of bourbon uh, mixer Oof. and uh, and so yeah, keeping it simple. I uh, I don't know. I'd I'd be a uh, you know I I, I I always hated like the bartenders that just showed off too much and just took forever to mix things like right you know like like I appreciate your talent and I respect it, but it's not why I'm here. I, I am yeah, here no, I, because you have alcohol I would like to consume. Yes. Any yeah. step in between are the garnish. And, and so, yeah. And so part of, uh, I think that's part of the reason I'm not usually a hard liquor guy. The other, the other thing, and this is, it's, it's amazing how simple minded humans can be. And it's amazing how simple minded I can be sometimes. Uh, when I, when I moved into this house, you know, got the house near the iRacing office, you know, with my girlfriend and, you know, when I first brought in the liquor, I actually had it on the countertop near the sink. And so Emily, my girlfriend, moved it to one of the cabinets beneath the sink. And it's not a cabinet I was ever used to using in my life. So that basically was it for me and hard liquor on any regular <laughs> basis. It, it was just out of sight, out of mind. It, and it's it it may it may be the simplest tone down your drinking and i never drank a ton but you know like you, you drink socially you go on the of road course, with all these people in motorsport come on and podcast I, yeah and i and i i came from the real world of racing before i dove into the sim racing world so i'm used to you know sunday night after everything's torn down we all go out to the bar and we have you know six <laughs> and then uh but but no i i just ended up almost phasing hard liquor out completely so you know, I, I sip on my fistful of bourbon now and again, and that's really about it. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not big on anything else, really, at this point. Um, and it's just it's kind of like it's a special occasion thing. It's like a, it's like a treat thing. You know what I mean? Otherwise, I just end up grabbing the cheap beer usually if I'm having anything at all. A proper adult here on the podcast. Uh, never before seen. This is a new thing uh, for all the listeners. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Tom. Fuck. Yeah, proper proper adult. You're talking to the guy who has a die cast for every race Denny Hamlin's run. All ten thousand. Yeah, well I, I did I did title the episode One Hour of Diecast Race Car Talk with uh, Chris <laughs> uh I actually uh, yeah, that's what you want. I have, I have, um, I, I, I know that you're, you're an IndyCar man, Chris. I actually put my, um, uh, early nineties, mid nineties IndyCars in my background of my webcam tonight. So, um, 
There's not a lot of them, but I've had them for many years. I got them when they were new. They're they're my they're my babies. So boomer. Well, I mean, come on, give me some credit. I was I was I was like I don't know what I, when they when they came out I would have been like five, and I didn't open them and destroy them. Like, give my young self some credit, Manny. Is that fine? Can you can you respect that, Manny? Can you? I'm no, not, not at all. Okay, <laughs> I'm not I'm not equipped to give everybody the grand tour right this second, but there is quite a bit on display in Le Museum de la Basement. Well, your blog uh, has a lot of uh has a lot of diecast talk, which I yeah, which I've visited before. The blog that yeah, that I don't remember. I, I think I actually thank you for that because I think the credit card on metalfuelandrubber.com is expired and I need to update that mm. to get my URL back. <laughs> um but yeah, that was that was a project that um, was really just kind of my, hey, this is my repository for all this racing memorabilia that I've picked up over the years. And it was something I was going to go a lot harder into after my old gig at Global Rallycross went under. Um, but I was lucky enough that I kind of got saved from the unemployment line for all that long um, very quickly with a few other racing opportunities. and. Um, you know, some stuff in the off-road world, some stuff in the rally world, and then landed back firmly on my feet with uh, with iRacing. And so it's it's been a long, strange trip the past few years. It's been very loosey-goosey. Um, feel like I... Th- there was a period of time where I kind of felt like the angel of death for racing series because I felt like the guy <laughs> who was getting brought in to do the PR to try to turn around the series that were like on their way out and um, fortunately have not felt that way in a long time right now. Uh-huh. What do you think it is about Rallycross? Like, I think for me, oh, that's like, funny. I was going to ask, what do you think it is about you? But uh, Manny's question is better. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, like for me, like Rallycross is for me, one of the best spectator sports there is. The races are short, they're fast, they're action packed. And generally, like I remember, I think I won GRTC tickets uh, to go to a race in Daytona, I don't know, probably close to a decade ago. I would struggle to name the year. But <laughs> um, yeah, like I uh, went. Well, which race did you go to? Cool. Because our schedule changed every year. So I could probably yeah. tell. Uh, so it would be was Daytona. Okay, so it was either 2014, 15, or 16. Probably 14. 14 would be would sound about right did uh did one of the hyundais win i think so yeah that was 14 yep and i and i remember that one because i was reese millen's uh kind of sort of under the table pr guy at the same time um i was because i was doing that stuff for the series as well um i was basically the guy who got drafted into pinch hit for everybody who didn't really have immediate Got so it, it was, it. was kind of cool. Um, it was kind of cool to be able to. What an amazing say. family of people. <laughs> the Millens. I mean, that's oh, that's, yeah. that's that's off road royalty. So so Reese, we'll go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, no. no, I was just going to say that Reese uh, Reese definitely one of the coolest drivers that uh, we had in the series for a while with GRC with the Hyundai's and you know the the Velosters were such an interesting car. They looked so different from everything else and. When they finally got it together, you know, it really clicked. It was just, unfortunately, Hyundai at the time, I don't think they really knew what to do 
with Rallycross. And and Manny, I think when you were saying what is it about Rallycross, I think that's kind of the direction that you were going in because the sport has never really clicked here in America. And it's because you have so many, you have all these different elements, you have all these different variables, and you have a lot of things that need to come together in a very particular way to do it right. And it is a big upfront cost, and there's not a lot of guaranteed return on investment. I mean, it is kind of a niche deal. And, you know, a lot of people have looked at it and they they were only willing to give it about one or two years and then just kind of threw their hands up and said, screw it, because it wasn't quite where they wanted it to be yet. And you just, right. you had, there were so many people who passed through the GRC infrastructure, what, whatever, that's the absolute worst word I could have used for it because there was no infrastructure, there were parking lots. Um, <laughs> You know, which is part of the reason why it struggled so much versus you look at Europe and you look at some of the tracks out there and it's like, well, yeah, no, duh, that series is more stable. The tracks have been around for 50 years. Everybody knows them. There is an established, you know, they've got race dates that are established. They've it's like anything else. It's like the Daytona 500 in mid-February here or all the races on right. Memorial Day weekend here, you know, or the Southern 500 on Labor Day weekend here, minus that gap of about a decade or so that it wasn't. But, you know, but you catch my drift. Like, right. uh, I they, actually have a question. Do you, I mean, you might know this, yeah. Chris. You might know this. Yes. Um, because they're both kind of niche. They're both kind of niche and they kind of, uh, they kind of appeal to the same crowd, but one has been healthier for a while than the other. Do you know how much the the budget, the team budget would be for, say, the GRC versus like a uh, Formula Drift team? Well, Do you know? so very, very apples and oranges. I don't know the budget for FD. But um, do you think it's much more expensive around a GRC car? Absolutely. Okay, and that's kind of what you, I thought. And I'll tell you why for one reason and one reason only. With Formula Drift, a lot of those cars are older Nissans in particular. Right. And there's not this factory bent on it. it it's that a lot of the cars in FD, they're just popular cars you know, right. for what they were. It'd be the best equivalent off the shelf and then you build it. Exactly. Or if you have some support from, you know, key partners, whether it's an auto parts store, because I know a lot of those have gone through or other suppliers. I mean, you know, it, it is a great opportunity for endemic sponsors in motorsports, you know, you know, automotive related sponsors in motorsports to grab a very passionate crowd of people that are going to be working on cars and using those products. And uh, it's, but, and it's pretty close to one-to-one, -one, right? Like you talk about an auto parts sponsorship, mm -hmm. the, most likely they've used the auto parts, if not, you know, off the shelf parts, but they probably use them for sourcing. So yeah, there's a one-to-one -one relationship between what's in the car and the sponsor. That's precisely. great. So there's not just that marketing angle. There's that B2B angle, but the closest comparison you'd get in GRC would be if, or any Rallycross series for that matter, would be if the factory Subaru team wasn't running the modern WRX STIs, if they were running, you know, 22B Imprezas, or if their biggest competition was running Lancer Evo, you know, I don't know, sixes, sevens maybe, uh, but, but that kind of thing. Um, it's a whole different ball game 
with Rallycross where everything has really centered around that factory sort of, um, you know, that mindset. And, and it's been, it's been kind of a live by the sword, die by the sword thing, because when it goes well, it goes very well. But when the factory pulls out, because this is how motorsport works, really, right. you know, factory teams pull out after a time when they're no longer seeing value or they've accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. You know, it, it's very feast or famine. I mean, I will say that excuse me, I'm really positive on the future knowing that it's now in Nitro Rally Cross's hands. I'm even right. positive on the future over in Europe knowing that the WRC promoters have taken over World RX. Which is um, yeah. which is a good product, I think. I really do. I actually think it's quite good yeah. right now. I mean, I, I will say this. I, as an American race fan, and I have had this argument to death with Europeans, and I'm I'm never going to change how I feel about this. So it's not worth it's not worth trying to take me down on it. I'm never going to change how I feel about this. Um, that I sounds think, like Tom and Super Speedways. Oh god, <laughs> it really does. It's it's the group sessions with um, you know with the four heat rounds that they have in World RX, and they're not really heat rounds. They're qualifying, and really what they are is they happen to be time trials that have multiple cars on the track. They're not really races and they admit as much by calling them qualifying rounds rather than heat rounds. Now, right. Dave Mira was a good friend of mine. Um, and I, you know, when Dave went over to Barcelona with the mini and finally got his other opportunity in the mini in world RX and he went out there and he won one of those races. He was the first car across the line. And I'm like, hell yeah, Dave, that's awesome. Like, you know, we knew you had it in you with this car. And then I go look at the charts and Dave's 17th. And I'm like, what the hell, man? Like, way to just suck all the wind out of everybody's sails on this. <laughs> this sucks. Like, you know, I, I genuinely feel if if you care that much about preserving, because that's ostensibly what it is, right? It's so that you're saving the vehicles for the actual racing. But if you care that much about it, I don't understand why you're putting multiple vehicles on track at the same time in the first place. You know, if it if you're gonna have all those on cars a very together, tight technical like fifty second course max. Exactly. Just have everybody run a bunch of solo endurance runs and just do the timing against one another and see how it shakes out. Like I I I have always felt that way. I understand where in a way, that's a sim racing mindset, right? Because if you're running all those heats and you're accruing damage, that damage costs money to repair. Whereas we're lucky enough in the sim that every time you go, uh, every time you go across the finish line with the checkered flag, all that damage doesn't carry over from your heat into either the final or the LCQ. You get a fresh car. You know, you're not paying those costs. But at the same right. time, like, you know, I, I, I just, I feel like. And I have always felt like, and I will always feel like, you put multiple cars on track during timed sessions to face them off with one another. I don't think group qualifying like that, especially if you're going to re-rack them every round to put people of comparable speed with one another. You know, Yeah, like that's naturally that going to create racing. conflict. Exactly. That should be racing. Um, so I've always been firmly against that. I don't see it changing. 
And, you know, frankly, it's okay. I mean, you know, Europe has its way of doing rallycross and we've come up with our own and the, you know, different forms of any sport are suit, you know, suitable to different tastes. It's like, I mean, look at F1 versus IndyCar completely different. I mean, you know, you don't, if you are somebody who likes watching open wheel cars going flat out and going 230, 240 on big speedways, you have something for that. If you just prefer the road courses, you know, and and some technical street tracks and and tons and tons of spending, you know, I know they have the budget cap now, but still significantly more than an IndyCar, you have something for that. And you don't need to force one to be more like the other. It's okay, just like the one that you like. But, you know, at the same time, when it comes to organizing rallycross and certainly uh how i lead irx and how i determine things for irx i am going to come at it from that american angle especially knowing that the car in the beginning doesn't cost the six hundred thousand dollars it did in the grc heyday it costs twelve dollars and the repairs don't cost five or six figures every weekend either they cost hitting the reset button and I don't know, maybe pouting for a couple of minutes before you wait to get back out. Just a couple of like, minutes? That's pretty fast. Turn around. Uh, well, I like to, you know, I like to take 10 minutes and, you know, uh, have my wife tell me, oh, what, how was your race going? Like, oh, I got wrecked by some guy. I wrecked car number 23 again. <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah. other than that, you know, it's... it's I, I did want to note, um, and I think this leads well into it, um, the Dave Mira, I mean, what an amazing... Uh, career that guy had and it's really sad that he's no longer with us i actually grew up as a big uh dave mirror fan from uh the golden era of x games with bmx and then uh the dave mirror bmx game that came out on playstation and word on the street is uh <laughs> you're a you're a fan of another game that came out in that time period uh tony hawk's pro skater <laughs> i i am i actually before we get into the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, though, I will tell you guys my best Dave Mira story. Oh, yeah. Yes, um, please do. Be, I'm ready. Because this is <laughs> this was actually after Dave was out of GRC. It was um, it was mid-2014. We had just run the race at the dirt track in Charlotte, and Dave and I had been in pretty close contact. I actually, um, over the winter, a buddy and I had redone Dave's marketing deck for him. Like, we were we were pulling as many strings as we could off to the side to try and, you know, get Dave back in a car and get him back in a meaningful car. Things didn't end the way that they should have with him in the mini. Um, you know, there were a bunch of different factors at play there, but unfortunately didn't actually get to run his last race at Vegas, uh, turn the fastest lap in practice on lap one, lap two, the motor popped and there was no spare motor. Um, and that was unfortunately that for Dave's GRC career. But anyhow, after the Charlotte race, um, my buddy Matt Kalish and I, we drove out to uh, Dave's home in North Carolina and got to hang out with him for a day. I was doing an interview for a project that I was trying to get going, um, you know, hung out with Dave, his wife, Lauren, you know, his kids. I watched, uh, it was a documentary on, I think, Greg LeMond, the cyclist, because Dave was big on triathlons at that point. Uh, this was right after he did Race Across America with Ben Bostrom and a couple of other guys. Wow. And they won that. Um, you know, and so Dave really, 
Dave was very, very motivated at that point, trying to get into the Iron Man stuff. And he desperately wanted to earn a spot at Iron Man. He didn't want to be granted one as a celebrity exemption. So all of his focus was going into that. So anyway, we spent about a day with him and, you know, and was, was able to spend the night and, you know, just kind of hung out for the day. And so it's like the late afternoon, it's about an hour before Matt and I are going to finally have to leave and start heading back North. And Dave's Dave had a river behind his house. And he was like, Hey, so this is, you know, this is where I do my morning warm up, my swim. I'll swim across the river and I'll go back. And he's like, do you want to try to do the swim with me? And I'm a fat ass, okay? Um, and I, <laughs> a man I, after my own heart. I, I love it. I, I pretty much, I got hired by GRC. And when, when I discovered that I had disposable income for about six months there, it all went into Chinese food. So um, my aerodynamics were lacking. Um and have been lacking ever since. But anyhow, I, I'm just like, you know, what the hell? Why not? When am I ever going to get an opportunity like this? And so I say, yeah, I'll, I'll do it with you. Let's go. Um, and so he calls out go and Dave's swimming. And I'm probably just, I don't know how you would describe me, but it probably looked like somebody being killed during a dog paddle. Um, because it was just thrashing and thrashing and thrashing. And I'm just like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. You know, I'm just trying to get across this damn river. And so I've been doing this for about a minute and I look over and I see Dave and I'm like, holy shit, I'm, I'm keeping up. I'm keeping up. I'm, and there go all of my limbs. Dave got all the way across the river and back before me from a quarter of the way across the river got back ouch so i i thoroughly embarrassed myself and uh i mean i think i think we both knew it was coming but um you know you gotta i don't know you shoot for the moon and you land among the stars or in my case you just kind of face plant in the middle of a river but uh but here we are well, <laughs> well here's here's what i'll say i think you're being a little bit too hard on yourself dave didn't have to come save you from drowning in the river that is true that is true so, i have never thought of it that bright side way. he, he never had full. to lifeguard you and yeah. you though mm-hmm. no, i mean it really depends it's 2021 i mean you're it is where it is like if <laughs> you you could have had cpr from dave mirror that would have been a hell of a story that yeah i well, well, damn! Now if I now if they invent a time machine, I guess I'm just gonna have to throw it. But yeah, throw it for sure. Uh, yeah. uh, don't <laughs> don't worry, Chris. Chris. Uh, so Thomas Ground in the chat says I, I'm too heavily invested in uh, General Sao and Crab Rangoon. Uh, East Speed Sports says I like to say I'm never lacking in downforce. Ooh, that's good. I think that, that's ooh. good. That's, that is good. I mean, ooh, excellent. I don't know. I, I I guess I would more say that I'm shaped like an STP turbine. That's really those a little little bulbous, right? Um wow. and I'm probably about as I'm probably about as fast and reliable as one too, but I digress. <laughs> Counterpoint, they were really fucking fast. <laughs> they were, they were for um until they weren't. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> those first two point four laps, let me tell you, it was bad. I mean, that's why you got hired for Rallycross, Chris. It doesn't uh, <laughs> don't go along. Uh, yeah, no, no, you don't need to be aerodynamic. No. But what were we on? We were on Tony Hawk? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. I, uh, I'm why, surprised. I guess my question to you is, uh, 
why is the remake the best game ever made? There's no point making more games. Um, well, I I will say that I don't agree with that because we still have what? all the levels from three and four and underground to add. Oh shit, you're right. I'm, okay. I'm, I, you're right. The, the general part of your premise is correct. That remake is awesome. I was and awesome is an embarrassingly weak word to use. The fr- when I played the first mission, I got goosebumps. It was it it has been great. Um, it, it is I I and, and I'm one of those people. See, the thing is, I'm in the semi-pro range of Tony Hawk gamers. If you go into jams, I'm that dick who is loading up on everybody with like 1.2 million run scores, <laughs> oh and I'm winning God. like 11 in a row. But if I go into competitive. I am at the bottom of the rankings every time. I'm I'm like semi pro Tony Hawk. Um, Some of those people, I mean, Jesus Christ! Like I'll freely admit to being a filthy casual when it comes to Tony Hawk, <laughs> but man, the hours I've dumped into the remake, and especially um, they released uh-huh. a PS5 enhancement for it, so yeah. it runs at 4K 60 now. And let me tell you, Chris, it is absolutely <laughs> epic. Uh, don't I worry, man. Uh, Only filthy casuals listen to the podcast, so uh, that's what I heard. That checks out. That checks out. Hey, Brian. filthy ca- <laughs> Hey, I saw filthy casuals in the Brooklyn basement once. They were great. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know. A, I don't know how this just happened. I, I don't know how is this just happened, yet? but but someone named Below Average Potato just wrote <laughs> truth in the chat. <laughs> what an but, amazing uh, screen name for that! Holy but, shit. Uh, but no, I, I I have sunk oh so God. many hours into the Tony Hawk. I think I took the day off the day that it was released. Just I did too. And, Holy shit. And I, and I gotta guy. say, I gotta say uh, the biggest thing that I really appreciate is that in one of the updates, instead of the tour just being a cumulative thing for all skaters, that they put back in the individual tours. Because there was a while that I was just sitting there and I was kind of feeling sad. Like, I beat this game. What do I do now? You know, usually I would be able to beat the game 23 more times now. And, you know, and at the very beginning, they only had the tour the one way. So it was cumulative. It didn't matter what skater you use, but they put it back in. So I appreciate that because now I get to relive my childhood about 29 more times. And even when I was still living in Boston, <laughs> while I was working at GRC and while I was hanging out with friends, actually, we played the PS1 version still very frequently i still have a working ps1 that gets regular use working ps2 that has gets regular use a working dreamcast that gets regular use and a semi-working n64 that doesn't because i feel like the cartridge is highly overrated and so is that entire system there's my fi- there's my fastball take for you guys uh, uh, that's a hot take is overrated. That that's a hot that take that's that's the fire take um i actually i, I like I, my I, stuff I to work. can can yeah. i can can i ask you chris who who yeah. do i email who do I email to tell someone at iRacing that the IR downshift needs more uh, uh, old school video game talk from Chris Leone? Who can I email? Please put me in contact. See, I've, see, I've gotten I've gotten thrown on other podcasts to do that, but um, but no, um, yeah, no, guys, I like my stuff to work, and I I get it. We all have the nostalgia of the stuff Race in nineties, but but that's the thing, you know. All my old PS1 hardware and software works. All my old PS2 hardware and software works. Even the blue discs that were super finicky, you know, in that era. If you got one of the later PS2s that 
had the better reader or whatever other hardware changes they made that could read those blue discs reliably, it's fine. If I try to play the N64 now, there's more hoping and praying than actual gameplay. And I hate that. There's no point to that to me. If I'm going to do that, I just download an emulator. But then what's the point in me investing all the money in the old hardware? Uh, mm-hmm. If I wanted something not to work, I'd just play R Factor 2, right, Manny? Hey! hey <laughs> the not, takes are hot. Not, Let's go. It's not guys Chris tired immediately level, puts but, uh, himself on mute just to <laughs> not be not be called for conflict. I bad love it. Karma. It's bad karma if I respond. <laughs> bad karma if I respond to that. Shit. We are all in this together, guys. That we was are, hot. Holy fuck. All uh, of the racing all of the racing sim companies, we really are all in this together. Um, and I know absolutely. that's a very that's a very diplomatic thing for me to say, but it is true. I mean, well, Chris, you know, and, and the, I, the joke of the podcast is that um, ACC tire model is God's tire model, and no one else should uh, try to compete with it. That's the joke that um, I've never played it, but uh, I know that it's the best. So don't come at me. There was uh, basically um, the story of the running gag is that um, there was someone on a team that we're a part of uh, who. Uh, was convinced that like iRacing uh, and real life were like polar opposites. So like he would harp on this constantly, despite the fact that uh, his uh, <laughs> vehicular driving experience uh, constituted of autocross and occasional marshalling at a local track. So oh, toxic man so returns. Very, very highly qualified to talk about vehicle dynamics. But um, yeah, at that point, like they would just constantly like harp on uh, how much how much better uh, they interpreted one as, and so that's kind of how that joke was born. As a as a brief aside, full disclosure. It's not a joke. I really, it's not a I, joke. really <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really. I re- I think that every sim does have something to offer. Like I love Dirt Rally, I love WRC nine. ACC is really fun um, in the right situation, and then obviously, but I mean, where all of my monies have gone. If you look up my customer ID, I'm sure it'll tell the story. It's definitely it. iRacing. You regret looking. Yeah, at please it. don't. Okay. It's bad. I'm pretty okay. close to 100. Uh, a couple things um, from the <laughs> chat. Um, who doesn't enjoy blowing in a cartridge? Uh, lies. N64 is flawless. Uh, and let's see. Oh, uh, no, Nick in the podcast is the best it's ever been. Coincidence, says Mark. <laughs> Damn, Max chat, coming in hot. The, the chat is so toxic. It's so toxic. Um, <laughs> oh, so what? What you're saying is you guys are dealing with a microcosm of just the online world in general. Oh, well, um, I, I did you? I, I, you mean the iRacing forums? Uh, <laughs> 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 all right, all right. If you if you guys really want me to preach on this, oh, no. we anything, got him. We got him. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I'm not gonna go on this diatribe and just attack a bunch of people. What I'm gonna say is this: this motherfucker, right? Chris, here. Chris gets fired on Monday. <laughs> any, anything, any anything you enjoy in life, you know, you get out of it what you put into it, any hobby, any, anything that you do, you know, if you want to have a pleasant experience with anything that you're doing, then my belief is that you will find a way to do that. If you want 
to not have a pleasant experience with anything, then my belief is that you can find a way to do that too. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, you can, you can nitpick any, this, this applies far beyond automotive simulations or arcade games. Believe me, this, I, I didn't mean to drop everybody in a philosophy class, but you know, I, I, I think that people are able to, based on their mindset and what they really want to do, they're able to either find ways to enjoy whatever they're doing or ways to be miserable about whatever they're doing. And it's something that I don't think a lot of us consciously think about. And I, what I've found is that I step back all the time on what we're doing, you know, what I, what I'm doing for the day job, what I'm doing at iRacing and, you know, regardless of what the community is saying about something, regardless of what competitors in maybe IRX or whatever are saying about something. And I step back and I look at all these things that we're doing and I look at all of the great things that are coming out of it. I mean, you look at you look at last year, you look at where we were a year ago today and a year ago today, I, I think we were what, maybe two, maybe three rounds into the Pro Invitational series that was on Fox and we had, we did have a problem because we had far more people wanting to compete than we could really meaningfully accommodate on television, you know? And and you had a lot of people who were unhappy about that. And I understand why, because some of the people who were getting prioritized were not necessarily the same people as who held the 36 charters in the NASCAR cup series at the time. You know, and I and I understand where that comes from, but you know, it, it was just one of those things where it was like if we allowed ourselves to drown in that swarm of negativity during all of that, then it would have very easily gotten lost the fact that every week we were bringing levity and entertainment and a little bit of relief to over a million people a week who were tuning into these things on television. Or even for the stuff that I was doing for IRX, that we were able to get 200,000 views a week for people watching virtual Rallycross. You know, that may be more viewers than Global Rallycross ever had at one time. uh, No, we had some pretty good TV numbers at one point. (laughs) We... When you're when you're on the Peacock, and I'm not talking about the streaming network, I'm talking about over the air bona fide NBC. Right, right. Like mo- like a lot of our races where we actually did do pretty. We we had some good comparos and viewership a few times there. Um, it sunk towards the end, but you know, whatever that is, what it is. Um, but but regardless, I mean, again, if you if you allow yourself to drown in the negativity, then. That's where you're going to be. But you can probably find a million things to be positive about. It's the one thing that I would say to anybody who's going out there, who's just kind of complaining about, you know, oh, they don't like how this works or, oh, they don't like what somebody's doing here. And again, this spreads a lot beyond dynamic track. This this spreads a lot beyond iRacing. This spreads a lot beyond any other video game or anything like that. Like all everything that you're looking at, on the planet, every hobby that you have, it's about having fun. You know, if you're not having fun, then why are you doing it, man? Just what's the point? You know, it's it's vi- like just it's vibe with me here, man. Yeah, like, it's pretty expensive. Like, why are you paying all of this money to be miserable? What a terrible take, Chris. What the heck? 
okay. Okay. From the chat, fun in my simulation? <laughs> uh, it's funny, when I go tell my wife that I'm going to go race, she's like, I'll be like, oh, I got this, I'm going to go practice RTP or something. She'll be like, have fun. And I'll go, it's not about fun. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. uh, yeah what it's about winning yeah uh no because then I'd, I'd be better at it then um okay well, guys well at least you can see the front of the field i can mm. count the amount of iRacing races that i've won on one hand well you'll get uh, there someday so, chris cool note um when when it comes to the uh invitational from the chat my wife uh thomas grau in the chat writes my That's wife your wife oh okay sorry <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, my wife thought she was watching a real race when they did the super late on the dirt at Charlotte. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah, um, no, it, it's... Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I, <laughs> I thought I lost audio for a second. I'm looking around like, what? wait, did I drop out? Oh, no. No, 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 but... <laughs> but um. Yeah, no, I mean, there's been a lot of time and effort put into the broadcasts. Um, Drew Adamson, who is our producer in the Coke series, has all sorts of experience doing these things. I mean, he does Porsche as well. A lot of the other events that we do. I, I mean, there is I've been in a real TV broadcast trailer during the GRC events before. I know how that stuff works and I know what we do. And it it is very much the same thing. You know, it is very much that same level of quality and attention to detail. And, you know, it's I mean, everybody's got different opinions on sort of how to reach the audience that you want to reach in the best and most successful way, certainly. But I mean, we got a hell of a crew, you know, Drew, Cisco, Alex Horn, you know, everybody who works behind the scenes on those broadcasts just does a bang up job on everything. And I mean, there, there's just really an all-star crew of people behind them that come from some of the biggest racer, you know, some of the biggest broadcasting companies in the community. But there's room for everything if you really are willing to. And this goes back to what I said about like American versus European Rallycross and Formula One versus IndyCar. Like there's room for the serious sim racing broadcasts like iRacing's World Championships because that's what those are meant to be. And then there's the stuff that's meant to be fun. Like Mooncar. Mooncar is meant to be fun. Nitro Circus League is meant to be fun. LCQ League was meant to be fun. You know, it, it, it's it's just, it goes after a different group of people who enjoy this thing that we all like doing, and it goes after it a different way. And there's room for all of that. It's, you know, again, it's just appreciate the thing for what it is i had my cases. i had my finger over the uh cut the mic button i thought you're gonna say yeah you got the, you know the wc broadcast and you got this shit podcast they're just going after different <laughs> audiences i was ready to cut the mic uh all right okay guys i uh i have we're gonna do five minutes here ready we're gonna do five minutes of rapid fire things that i need to talk about that um i well one i promised arjuna i'd talk about um uh, the ISOWC, which is the upcoming IndyCar uh, IR18 um, series that they are doing. 7K prize pool. Um, registration opened today. Um, 
look on the phone. Do you phones. have a link to that? Oh shit! Uh, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's trying to promote something. It doesn't even have the link. To I believe. I know uh, it's terrible. Uh, I think it's it's uh, it's www.isowc.org, and you can put in your registration today. Um, you got to do it in the next two weeks. They're they're picking forty entries. So um, you know, you put in your deal. Um, maybe pay Arjuna a bribe, um, you know, whatever, whatever you get to do. Um, but <laughs> tune into the pod to make the field. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's going to be really, it's going to be a good series. Um, six rounds or five rounds, six rounds, all on American series. Full course cautions on the road courses, so it'll be interesting. You have to use both um, tire compounds. Um, actually, we're, it sounds like a really exciting series. So. Uh, I promised Arjuna I'd talk about it, and um, regardless, had I promised him or not, I want to because it sounds rad as hell. Uh, let's see, Coke. Uh, Side note, Manny, it's it's a world championship style series, so you're obviously doing it right. That's I entered. I tried. I sent in of my course you did. Yeah, absolutely. Of fucking course, you absolutely. Did. Uh, <laughs> well, come on, Manny. Yeah, I, I want... know. I know. I know a guy who might want to keep you company in it. So, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd love to race an IndyCar Road America at a high level. That'd be fun. Um, let's talk. Let's quick. We got to run over this shit before we before we continue on talking about. Um, uh, actually, I have questions for Chris too. They're not very serious. Don't worry. No one freak out. Uh, no one freak out about anything at all. That's what I recommend. Um, that that's a good recommendation. Yes. Uh, Coke. We had multi-groove. That's that's basically the take. Basically the take. Everyone agree on that's the take? Manny, did you watch the race? Uh, if by multi you mean more than one, absolutely. I didn't say dynamic track. You know I won't comment on that. You know I yeah. won't comment. I will not talk about it. But multi-groove, <laughs> absolutely. It was great. Keegan, multi-groove is alive we had, and well. We had multi-strategy. Um, we had a lot of very interesting stuff going on. Um... In Pesk, we had Sebi Joe blowing up a motor. I think that's the take. I think that's the only take. Um, very interesting. I wonder if he tried motors. not blowing the motor. I yeah, you would have thought. You would have thought that would have been a better strategy. But hey, um, let's see. Ooh, from the chat, interesting question. When do you think the nine nine two cup will be added? Um, Chris, obviously, I understand if you can't specifically comment on uh certain cars being or not being in development but uh what let me see how i ask this do you feel like um given the world championship series and everything that it would be a good fit on the service so i know about as much about road racing as i <laughs> i i i feel awkward because i don't want to give a non-answer but i am also, give an because answer. I'm the off-road guy, because I'm the off-road guy, I barely know anything. About Got it. So information uh, tends to be pretty siloed between like dirt guys know the dirt stuff, road guys know the road stuff, oval guys know well, the oval. Yeah, stuff, it's some crossover between like road and oval, for example. I, yeah, I, I just I don't work a ton on the Porsche stuff. I cover the series, obviously. I'll do the uh, pre-race and post-race, but I'm not super involved in. I'm not as involved in the Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup as I am, say, iRacing Rallycross, where I'm basically running the show there. Um, so, I mean, I agree it'd be a great addition. Um, you know, the 992 Cup is exciting. I mean, we're lucky enough that we have a fantastic relationship with Porsche. You know, having the GTE, the GT3, and the GT4 
kind of cycle through on all of the influencer, the all-star races before the Super Cup has been super entertaining. By the way, love that Tony Kanan joined that series. Um, really cool to see him mixing it up yeah. with the streamers and, and goes out there and wins his very first time out because that's what you expect an IndyCar champion and Indy 500 winner to do. Um, Side but- <laughs> note, what a pleasant guy. I don't know if you ever tuned into his streams on Twitch, but what an, like, he strikes me as one of the nicest people. He in, is. Uh, I mean, wow. We've spoken for a grand total of maybe seven minutes during the LCQ League reunion show, but he is. He is, he is the coolest dude. When we, um, all right, I'll, I'll kind of sort of break some news for you here. Whenever oh. we get a spring invitational figured out for IRX, he's definitely on my invite. Hell yeah. Nice. I love it. I love it. That's great. <laughs> I mean, come on. You guys had to, you guys had to figure it was coming, right? We've done NASCAR again. We've done IndyCar. We've done IMSA again, or rather we are about to do IMSA again. That starts this coming Thursday. Um, you know, why not do a little more IRX? I've certainly had teams reach out to me that want to do it. Um, so I have been busting my butt trying to get some things figured out, and I'm hoping that we will have something and, to share here real soon. And I think on, on iRacing, when it comes to Dirt Road, I think a lot of it is really just awareness, at least from my perspective. Like, for example, <laughs> I am a huge uh, Pro, Tux, Pro Truck stand. So I race Pro 2 Lights all the time in the Pro 4s. And Every single person who I've suggested should run this series has had a blast and has ended up doing multiple races in it. Oh, yeah. You, you know, and you want to know the funniest thing about the Pro 2 Lite? When we first announced it, hated it to death. Because it's not actually a Pro Lite. You know, it's... We just neutered the horsepower on the Pro 2. And I couldn't <laughs> stand that. I just wanted us to build an actual Pro Lite. But, you know, I got over myself. Because frankly, if if I'm going to be mad about that, then I've got to be mad about the existence of 75% of the rally cross tracks, which are way cooler than the real world. Um, yeah. You know, th- those tracks are, we could have never afforded to build them. Nitro rally cross might be able to. And it's why I'm super, super excited about them having a full season later this fall. Um, obviously, we've all seen the Utah track. That's badass. Um Love the fact that they're hitting up off-road truck tracks, excuse me, as a basis, rather than going to road courses and trying to add dirt. Um, right. It'll be really interesting to see how well rally cross cars hold up to the Wild West ski jump. But um, yep. wait, 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 wait! They're taking rally cross to Wild West. They sure are. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. I am trying to figure out where they're even going to put the pavement there. But I'm just like, you know what? I don't even know what the scariest part of that will be. Will it be the ski jump on the uphill or the downhill? The scariest part of it will be yes. Yeah. The scariest part of it will be all of it. That whole track is going to be absolutely goddamn terrifying. Dude, I cannot wait. It's going to be incredible. What a combo. ERX in Minnesota is going to be rad, too. Um, I know we don't have that one on the sim right now, but ERX is a top-notch facility. The Carlson family have a great facility there, and going to be interesting to see how things wrap up at the firm in Florida as well in December. So they've put together a great schedule, and I trust Travis and the Thrill One folks. They have been fantastic to work with for us over the past year. Last year when we did the IRX Invitationals, we had a Nitro Circus Star Car for a while, and... uh, 
it was a lot of fun. Um, as a matter of fact, we had a community race at one point because um, all of the Star Car guys were crashing out of the LCQs, and Travis was like, well, we have to get to the one <laughs> final. <laughs> so Travis had a community race, and Kevin Carlisle, who was a former IRX World Championship driver, drove it. And as you can imagine, Kevin almost won the damn thing when he qualified in Atlanta. I think he was trying to pass somebody, and he just barely didn't clear him. And I think he spun himself out a little bit on it. I could be remembering that wrong. But nonetheless, you know, didn't get the victory, but really was in contention for it. So I think it they were happy with that. It sounds like uh, dirt road in iRacing and um in real life it sounds like there's a lot of opportunities for growth and it sounds like there's a positive future ahead i sure hope so i mean it's it's interesting right you know a couple of years ago when grc collapsed and arx and nitro were born out of it you saw that the nitro events once they got more than one of them were going to be the way to go you know right. the arx events really didn't have a lot of and i don't you know, I don't know. You don't you don't like to speak too much ill of the dead. Right. So I'll just kind of leave it at that. But um, <laughs> but at the same time, that this was happening. Uh, short course United um, Lucas Oil Offroad, which was doing the series in the West, ended up coming into a relationship with all the big tracks in the Midwest. And Lucas had both series that year and things were really heading in a great direction. And it didn't take more than 12 months for that to all completely fall apart. And now it's championship off-road out there. They started last year. And lo and behold, Lucas Oil Off-Road is now no more. Um, they they went, uh, ceased operations after the 2020 season. And so now you have yet another different promoter in short course. And this is all par for the course for short course, by the way. They go through promoters. Uh, like a, Par for the course. Uh, like a kid goes through diapers. Let's be real. Um I, I mean, dude, I, I don't have enough fingers on my hands to uh, count all the short course promoters that I think have sanctioned that sport over the past 30, 40 years. There, there are a lot of them. It, it's just kind of the nature of the beast there. But, but anyhow, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, certainly, I certainly think Rallycross is in the best spot it's ever been because Nitro is in control of it. And now everybody has seen how to do this the wrong way. You know, and yeah. now now it's absolutely crystal clear to everybody that there is a way to do this the right way. And we cannot cut corners to do it the right way. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Every corner that we've tried to cut in the past has led us to failure. We can't cut those corners anymore. What um, a concept. Are you saying that production value directly correlates with long-term viability of a product? What? Incredible. I don't know that I'd go that far. That's not what he said, Manny. Uh, Chris, but no. In terms of yeah, go ahead. So the no, no, thought is finish, 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 finish the thought because I have rapid fire questions for you. All right. Well, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I guess it's more kind of the track builds and things like that. So this is the first time we've tried going primarily to dirt based facilities that are off road like truck tracks with rallycross. We've never done that before. You know, what we've done in the past is shoehorn some dirt and some jumps into the mid-Ohio keyhole and the interior gateway road course and parking lots upon parking lots across America. That's what we've done up to this point. We haven't done what we're doing now. And in the end, 
it is what the people have wanted. I mean, GRC's initial shift from being the support act on Saturday nights in front of 40,000 people at NASCAR tracks to doing standalones where we were lucky to draw 4,000 at those same tracks was the fact that the fans demanded the dirt jump. Um, you know, I, I was there for that era. That was the beginning of my racing career, but I was there for that era. You know, people hated the scaffolding jump. People hated the metal ramps. You know, they were like, that's not real rally cross. That's not, you know, they didn't, whether it was a gap or not, by the way, um, because everybody's, I'm sure, seen the film of Topi Hiking in at X Games over and over. But, <laughs> but, you know, nobody, nobody was willing to respect that jump. Everybody hated that. Everybody hated any jump that we did that did not have dirt. And the problem with that is when you're moving all that dirt around, you're not doing that on Saturday night in front of the captive audience. So you're not spreading the gospel of the sport, so to speak. You're not able to evangelize the sport the same way. You were relying on a devoted audience to come to you. And right. instead of instead of being able to put it in front of 20, 30, 40,000 people, depending upon the weekend, and having all these people, these, you know, I'm not going to call them filthy casuals because they're just race fans looking for, right? And even if they're even if they're kind of categorizing it with the school bus demo derbies, they're still having a blast and having a great time. But no, everybody, um, you know, everybody was just so sort of clutching their pearls about it's not real rally cross that you had to start making that shift to doing things that looked more like rally cross. And we, as a result, we started striking out on standalones probably five years too early before anybody really knew what the product was. And right. it really, it really hurt, you know, because we didn't have the audience of Nitro that has 10 million fans built in on Facebook. We didn't even have the audience of Formula Drift, which got on Facebook at the very beginning. And I think that has also been a huge advantage for them, where they've got this captive audience that is used to going to Facebook to watch those races. We were starting from scratch right as Facebook was beginning to monetize posting um, and prioritize things, you know, so fewer and fewer people were seeing brand posts rather than, you know, their friends posts. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but, you know, nonetheless, different era and made a lot of things apples to oranges. Um, so just it was just it was really difficult. But now, yeah, again, going back to it, Nitro has proper off road tracks that they're turning into rally cross tracks. We've never done that before. And that is probably the best chance that we have to making things work. It also helps that, you know. Particularly Wild West is right near Reno. I don't remember the geography on Wild Horse Pass off the top of my head. I forget how far it is from Phoenix or if it was this long drive or what. I'm I'm blanking on it. We did race there once with GRC, but we used their road course rather than the off-road track. But a lot of these places, they're not so far off of the urban areas that you're going to bleed like, off a ton of audience. You don't have a Paul Ricard syndrome where it's three hours from everything. Yeah, whereas when we dropped things in parking lots in urban areas, still nobody gave a damn. So, you know, I think that production value is going to really serve them well. I am really It's just mixed with autocross, bro. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> uh, well, that's, it's interesting. Do you think that some of the um, 
World Rally Cross F1 kind of crowd will find the Nitro RC branding that vibe um, off-putting? You think it'll be too Gimkana kind of vibe? I mean, that's like something that I I, I do. I'm curious about, you know, because goes back to certain. It's different, you know. It's different. It go yeah, and it goes back to what I've said earlier. Let it be different, you know. Sure. You've got your, you know, you've got your stuff that works for you. You've got your. Let the other thing do what the other thing does. I mean, it it can coexist, and frankly, I think it's better off if it coexists because, frankly, you know, you look at um. You look at what Nitro's trying to do. You look at what they are able to accomplish in terms of promotion and fan engagement and just making you feel like a part of the community. You know, with all due respect to some of the more prominent European racing series, Formula One, for example, especially as American or as an American, I think it's really hard to feel like you're a part of the Formula One community unless there are countless zeros in your bank account. I, th- I, think it's, I think it's something that we can all gravitate around and watch and enjoy, but I don't, think, I don't think you can feel like you're a part of that community as easily as you could with a or lot of live, other series. Or you live half an hour from a track. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Well, e- either, I mean, either way, it, it's just... It's going for different things. It's trying to accomplish different goals. It just happens to share the same base platform, which is a form of auto racing. Um, you know, but I think that's something that Nitro excels about. I mean, Travis was on the Nitro Circus Twitch and he did an interview on the Micah Brownie show. Uh, I think it was it was either last week or the week before. And the interview went about an hour and a half because Travis would not stop answering fan questions in the twitch chat he was like come on there's got to be more you know keep feeding him because that's the kind of guy travis is you know if you if you had twenty thousand people in a stadium travis would just be thinking about signing an autograph for all twenty thousand of those people and he'd be the guy shutting off the lights in the stadium at the end of the show you know that that's that's just who he is he is he's the coolest guy he's the most authentic guy on the planet you know you can't you can't be unhappy working with Travis because that's just, you know, it, it's like he's always on and he, it seems like he's genuinely always in a good mood or at the very least, if he's dealing with some BS or whatever, you know, you'd never know it because he will never let you see it. You know, he'll never put anything that's gone wrong for him elsewhere even uh, i think last year you know he had he had the rally car catch fire towards the beginning of the season and he was actually on the back foot of the whole ara championship last year because he couldn't uh you know he had lost so many points because of that one race where he dnf'd but you know that didn't that doesn't stop travis from signing for fans and being just all around cool to everybody you know, but the, but uh, that makes you feel like you're part of that community. You know what I mean? Uh, and for me, I've I've always uh, looped um, Travis and Dave Mira kind of into the same bucket of just really, really cool multidisciplinarians who just they just like to go fast and have fun. Like there's I think uh, one of the things that's always made me laugh uh, with Travis, which may or may not have anything to do 
with uh, Travis. The mm-hmm. there's this guy on iRacing who races as Trevor Pastrami, and that name every time I see it fucking cracks me up. So that came that came from LCQ League, I think, or that that may have come from LCQ League, um, and that was one of the things that I was lucky enough to officiate um, on behalf of those guys. Uh, so. <laughs> so everybody they they were they were decent at irx but obviously you know there are some people who have been more experienced in sim racing before the pandemic so uh liza markle and melissa eikoff who have worked with those drivers kind of hatched this idea on their behalf basically saying let's come up with a monday night fun league for the guys where we turn all the damage off and we just have them race all sorts of random stuff you know and and they asked me to officiate because they knew me from the GRC days and I worked at iRacing. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'll do whatever you need for this series. Like, this is awesome. And so they got Travis. They got um, his ARA teammate, Brandon Semenuk, uh, was part of the initial uh, group. Connor Daly, Ed Carpenter, Chad Reed, uh, James Hinchcliffe, Alexander Rossi. You know, and, and as time went on, Bilko, uh, and as time went on, more people got added Landon Castle, Parker Kligerman, Scott Speed all took their turns. Uh, Tony Kanan when we did the reunion um, in January. And, and it just, you know, but it was about having fun. But the second week of it, Travis, and I'm glad that I remembered where I was going with this because I saw the Trevor Pastrami thing in the chat. I, I saw the, oh, I've raced with that guy and it reminded me to get back on track. Anyway, Travis couldn't make week two. Because Travis was at one of the Moto Fight Club events. So okay. Travis gave his login to... He, he didn't tell anybody until a week later. Um, but everybody figured it out immediately because <laughs> the guy almost won the race. He gave his login to his sim racing coach, Connor Parise, who is one of the IRX World Championship. <laughs> and so Connor Parise was driving for him. And they're all like... Travis is in Montana. There's no way he's got a sim rig out there. This has got to be somebody else. So they're calling, they're calling Connor like Trevor Pastrami, Terry Pastrami, and part of the part of the joke about LCQ League is some of the things the guy would say, the guys would say in the chat, turned into contingency sponsors on the cars the following week. So the initial contingency sponsors were things like Grip Hacks. Uh, because they were joking about that, and so we turned that into a fake tire brand. Amazing. Um, there fake? Was, there was Cheatin' and, and Snakes, which we turned into a brake company, and <laughs> on and on. And so the next week, everybody's car had a, a four-corner bumper sticker. I think I just actually put it on the front end, but it was like a... You know, it was like a contingency sticker, one of the long ones that said Terry Pastrami, and it had a picture of a of half of a clip art Ruben with a superimposed question mark on it, and it said "Totally authentic meats." We promise. That's amazing. That's really and good. So we had a bunch of these. We had, um, I think, my personal favorite, even though it was one of the worst logos I mocked up, was uh, two tenths racetrack porta potty rentals because the guys used to joke. <laughs> That you know, if you poop before what, the race, it's too tough. Yeah, yeah, you drop two. Yeah, you go to the bathroom and it's like, hey, I gotta drop two tenths. I'll be right back. Um, well, no, yeah. that's true. When I did cycling racing, so uh, that is true. 
I mean, I I did. I was faster uh, in the Daytona 500. I lost after I pooped than before. So yeah, I but you were slower because you had to leave your car in pit lane. So uh, I, I mean, you take the good with the bad. You I'd know? say this is like proper iRacing. Hashtag IR probs. <laughs> Uh, we also have the uh, we have the Connor Daily Technologies um, because that's what Connor called his kitchen and his uh, kitchen chair that he was using last year. He's since upgraded, but actually the one that came together the best, I think, was the Jamander Rosscliff Realty um, because Liza. So when when Rossi and Hinch did, uh, which is the I think it's the Bathurst One Thousand, the supercars race where you drive as a team. Um, yes. And they had they had Napa as their primary, and so Hinch was wearing a Napa shirt, and they started calling him Jamander Rosclip. And Liza did one of those face mash things uh, between their two faces, and so I put it on like one of those for sale signs, like you see in front of a house, like you know, here's the realtor who's selling the house. And that week we did Spec Racer Fords at Milwaukee, which was a great combo. And I put the Jamander Rosscliffe face on the back of everybody's car. And so they all loaded in and we're like, what the hell is that? Uh, <laughs> so I, was, I was pretty proud of it. wasn't my face meld, but it was my idea to turn Jamander Rosscliffe into a realtor. And I can't think of any better profession for a man with a uh, tight haircut and just a mustache. Um, you know, I'd buy a house from that man. Hundred percent. Oh, that checks out. That checks out. <laughs> yeah, it checks that, out. That's, that's throw, in, throw in a Brooks Brothers button down, and I mean, you're set. Yeah, oh let God. me see. I'll I'll open the PSD file. What do we have, man? I think we just had him in a poll, but nonetheless, oh my uh, God, what did I do? This file. This file is like 300 pixels wide. How did I even do this? That seems fine. That's that seems like a here for SR <laughs> livery if I've ever heard one. Uh, yeah, it's big enough. That, that tracks. That tracks. Can I, can, Chris, <laughs> Chris, can I fire off some rapid questions? Let's do it. Direction? Okay, here, here's the deal, right? If you don't want to answer, just leave an awkward pause. I think that's the, the chat loved the awkward pause last time. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're going to do. Uh, or, or you can say ACC is the best. Either, Ooh, either, either one yeah, will work. Yeah, yeah. You're trying your to choice. put me back on unemployment. Yeah, no? <laughs> we're trying to we're trying to get you to come full time on here for SR. So uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's uh, which is which is unemployment, by the way. Uh, uh, okay, let, let's go. Um, All right, let's see what I can do here. Uh, will the next gen Cup car be available in iRacing 2022? I don't know exactly how the plans are going. I mean. Uh, Obviously, once NASCAR goes to the next gen, I think you can expect the car, but I don't know exactly what's happening or when, um, you know, again, that's not, that's not really my department. I'm just the guy. Think of me as the closer. Think of, you know, basically think of the development team as your starting pitcher, you know, that gives you six strong innings and puts everything together. And then you've got essentially like your development team, just everybody, when they try things out on alpha, they're, they're your middle and long relievers. I'm basically the closer. I get everything once it's good and ready. And then it's my job to craft the messaging. Mm. So I'll be one of the last people to know kind of by design. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because by the time I see anything and know anything's happening, it means that it's basically there and it's going to look badass. So, mm. you know, I, I would imagine that you have things to look forward to here, but I'm not the, I'm not the right guy to confirm it because uh, chances are by the time I see it, you'll all know it pretty quick after the fact, because we try to turn around 
all that stuff very quickly. So and, and, I can't... and you do, you do turn that stuff around pretty quickly. Honestly, we we keep secrets pretty good too. Did you? Uh, if you guys, yeah. if anybody watched the IRX finale last December, um, and I made sure that this was kept a secret, everybody knew that Charlotte was coming because Greg Hill tweeted the loading screen. But I told everybody, do not say a word about Brands Hatch getting a rally cross track. We're going to dump this as the last commercial in the broadcast. And so we ran the Gymkhana trailer. We ran the NRX trailer. We ran the launch control trailer. We ran the Charlotte trailer. And then I just got to see everybody's real-time reactions to Brands Hatch. And I'm like, hell yeah, that's the best thing I did this year. That is, uh, Brands Hatch will always have a uh, soft spot in my heart because that is the first Rallycross track I ever drove when I played it on Toka Race Driver 3 back in like 06, <laughs> 07. Well, ours isn't the real layout, but I would argue ours. Anyhow, I, I didn't mean to sidetrack. We can get back to the <laughs> that well uh, j- just to continue to sidetrack uh because that's what i do as a host um brands <laughs> brands rally is quite good uh it takes big commitment um on the the dirt left-hander up the hill to go fast it's very it's it's quite a good layout actually i really like it and um when i i ran it last week i think it was last week two weeks ago in the official series and there was not enough people running it so um, if you do any oh, rally cross, doing? if you do any rally cross, like it, like do it, it is, it is absolutely worth it. Really fun. Layout. All right. Tell you what, if I get this spring invitational figured out, Brands Hatch is round one. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell How about yeah. that? Love it. How about that? Love to hear it. That That's right, guys. Here for us are did a thing. The one thing, mark it down <laughs> on the calendar. Episode 20, we did a thing. Uh, we'll call it IRX homecoming because that's <laughs> the country the sport was invented in. Anyway. Yeah, Amazing. buddy. Amazing. Uh, let's see what else we got. Um, how did COVID impact the, uh, previously scanned or previously, sorry, previously announced or planned scans that you guys had in the past year? Okay. So the COVID COVID in relation to these things, this is actually a fascinating and fantastic question. I could probably have just done the whole show on this. We could have uh, done the whole I, show on Tony Hawk, but you know, I mean, we're picking our bands. Uh, also, I would have been also yes. that, to be clear. <laughs> also, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, certainly, um, certainly COVID impacted scans that were, uh, that had already been done because what I think it did is it pushed them up the, it pushed them up the ladder, right? Um, you didn't see a lot of new things get scanned after March, April last year. Um, you know, what we ended up doing is focusing on things that we needed to get done that were done previously. Um, as as a great example, I saw somebody in the chat mention Bark. Bark River was scanned the day after we scanned Crandon. Um, that was part really? of the same trip. Yep. Oh, um, really? I, I was actually, yep. Um, actually played a little part in that, I'm happy to say. Um Fortunate enough that I do some work in the off-road world uh, with, uh, you know, with a few different people, but uh, one of them being Jim Beaver and his uh, factory UTV Unlimited program. Um, and so I mentioned to Jim that we were trying to get a second track scanned, um, and Jim had worked with the folks, the fine folks at Bark River, and we actually got that put together through a mutual intro there in about 36 hours. Um, wow! From from intro to contract, we got that done in about a day and a half. Wow. And then when Kevin Iannarelli finished Crandon and the 50th anniversary World Championship races ran, 
uh, Kevin Iannarelli went out to Bark River. And so that was one of those. So we had that track in the can and we uh, were able to get that done in part because as COVID shifted things, you know, we started going in the tank a little bit and getting tracks that we had materials for. And it was like, all right, let's push these things up. You know, obviously we have a ton of other updates to do. We have a ton of other pieces of content to get out there. And some of the biggest builds, I think, in iRacing history happened during COVID, which says so much for the merits of work from home, by the way. And I've been doing it for 95% of my career. I had only just started going into the office, the iRacing office, five days a week. And now I'm back in my element. I have always been a work from home guy. I always was at GRC because <laughs> I lived in Mass and the offices were in Malibu. And I'm like, yeah, that's a bit of a long commute. So I'm not sorry, guys. I'm not doing also, that. <laughs> cost of living. Yikes. Yeah, that would have certainly been an issue, too. Um, but but no, it, it, it's just, you know, so a lot of things kind of got pushed up and there were things that were done kind of differently as well. Um. You know, I, I think we had mentioned publicly that Hockenheim is actually a third party scan um, that managed to meet iRacing standards for quality. So we worked off of that. And that's not a particularly common thing for us. Um, iRacing Super Speedway obviously was not a scan at all, because even though it exists it, fictionally in my hometown of Chelmsford, Massachusetts. If you didn't scan it, I want it off the sim right now. You know scan? <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye all the rally cross tracks. Uh, side, side note, um, uh-huh. Hockenheim was really cool in that, A, it feels like at least driving it, and from what I know of it, it seems really well executed You know, to iRacing's usual standard. But uh, do you feel like the experience of getting that scan from a third party and having it meet your standards kind of opens more doors in the future to maybe considering that as an avenue for expansion. I, I, I mean, that's more of a Steve Myers question than me. I, I, I think what that was in this case was us having to adapt to 2020, which frankly was all of last spring in particular for us. And really all of last year for us was adapting to all of these different challenges that were thrown our way. What I, what I've basically described last spring as to people is that we were essentially our marketing department and race control department was essentially the entire FIA. And it was a group of about, I want to say maybe 12 people. And with how many series we, we were directly putting on, on the behalf of different organizations, it pretty much averaged out to one person per series. And imagine if the guy dropping the green flag was also the guy in race control, was also your official in the pit box, was also your official in tech, was also the guy live tweeting the race. And (laughs) as far as you averaged out manpower for all these series that we did, that's basically where we were at as a group. I mean, you know, I... No joke, from about the end of February to about the end of May, I think I had one day off, and most of those other days, I worked 16 to 18 hours straight through. Wow. Um, It was something. You know, it was really something. I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't trade the people that I was able to work with, especially the people I was able to work with again, after feeling like, at the end of GRC, like, I was never gonna work with any of those people again. Um... 
You know, I wouldn't trade that for anything, but God, it was, it was a hell of a commitment. It really was, you know, we weren't sleeping a lot. We didn't have a lot of free time, you know? Um, so really COVID impacted everything. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say that I don't expect that to be, I, I don't, I certainly don't expect that to be the MO going forward. I think it was just, Hey, we need, we need to get this track. It's time to get this track. Um, this is how we have to make it work in this case. It's proven, it's been proven now that we can make it work if we need to, but it's certainly, I, I don't see us normally changing the way that we do things. I, I again, right. that's more a Steve question than me, but, you know, but, but certainly I, I don't think, I don't think it's a priority to normally do things. As the world gets back to normal. I think you'll start seeing a lot of things that we've done in the past probably going the same way again um a, a lot of those decisions are way above my but you know <laughs> i i think 2020 was an adapt improvise and overcome year for everybody everything and it just so happened that in that one case for hockenheim that was the way that we had to adapt improvise and overcome uh that's a real quick actually this is something you know when, when you're talking about bark river when yep. um and may and I don't know if you, how much you're involved in the actual the deal, but when when iRacing approaches a track, are tracks usually very positive about? Are they like hell yeah, to get us on iRacing? Uh, well, considering that I've only really been involved in that and in Crandon, my experience is yes, yeah, yeah um, sure, because because they're just excited that. Because you don't really have a lot of short course off-road simulations or even arcade games at this point. I mean, if you want to go back in history, obviously, you've got the Ivan Stewart games, which were just more than badass. Every year that we go to the Mint 400, and actually one year at the New York Auto Show, there is a restored Ivan Stewart's off-road challenge cabinet that travels to all of these events. And I always waste so much time on um, my buddy, My buddy Matt Kalish and I... Uh, you know, the same guy from the Dave Mira story was hanging out with me there. We went to New York Auto Show. The last time we did that together was 2018. And at the Javits Center, they put all the trucks on the bottom floor. And on the media and press days, there is nobody down there because nobody cares about the trucks. They're not the big unveils or anything. Um, and there was the Ivan Stewart cabinet down there. And it's free to play. Like, you know, you just you just <laughs> go up to it and play it. So... We spent an hour and a half and we both maxed out all of our stats on that. It would have cost us like 40 bucks a piece to do this in the real world. And we ran so much Ivan Stewart. It was great. And again, it, it shows up at the Mint 400 and the VIP areas as well. And it's just, it's the coolest thing. But you don't have a lot of that in the, you know, in modern day. You don't have a lot of short course racing as video games. You certainly don't really have it as standalone. Um, you know, you have some things like obviously the dirt games, the more arcade oriented dirt games have oh, some offering trucks, but those are actually in dirt five. Those are trophy trucks now in class ones and trophy trucks and pro stadium trucks, totally different animals. Uh, uh, I never Ivan, realized that. Ivan yeah, Stewart no. WC when that's the question. <laughs> I would love to do a world championship for the short course trucks, but I will say this, um, I I think we I think we want to get maybe a couple of more tracks in there before doing that. I don't think it makes sense to do that with Rallycross. Um, 
You know, I think you want to do that with proper short course tracks. And because there are only so many permanent facilities in America that are equipped for it and to do it well, it's going to be a kind of series where if we ever do it, uh, there are going to be repeats on the schedule. And that's not something that we typically do these days. So I don't. You know, I don't necessarily know. I, that's, the, that's the only world championship I ever stand a chance of qualifying for. So I'm here for I it. Love, I love the off-road stuff. I mean, it it's always where my heart is going to lie. Everybody would always joke during the marketing that they'd all look at me anytime anybody mentioned Bark River while it was in development because I'd be not paying attention and then I would be, or I'd look sleepy and then I wouldn't. You know, anything <laughs> anything like that because, you know, that's... That's kind of where I had come from when I got hired by racing. But no, um, you know. <laughs> well, I did. I did want to say I'm, that I'm totally off the rails. <laughs> I, I no, that's that's absolutely on brand. If you were on the rails, it'd be bad bad news. Um, I did actually want to say that the 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 Cranon World Cup special event that's on the mm-hmm. special event calendar and. Beyond that, just the more the bigger variety that we see on the special events calendar this year, in my opinion, personal opinion, is is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like Throwback Cup, uh, Cranon World Cup. Um, we have wait, two... Cranon World Cups on the schedule this year? Yeah, October. Yeah. Yep. Oh it'll fuck. Be, yes. It'll be a little while after the real world World Cup, but no, it, yeah, it's going to be cool. I'm excited to see that. I mean, oh, that's going to be the, so good. The short course stuff actually, it has started taking hold a little bit. Um, you know, we did have a short course event, actually a third party from iRacing organized and promoted short course event that made it to TV this year on the CBS uh, Sports Network. The uh, e-short course World Cup General Tire was behind it. You had a lot of real world drivers di- doing it. Uh, we got Landon Castle and Parker Kligerman did it. Travis Pastrana Never did it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Who are those guys, right? <laughs> um, you know, Bucky Lastic did it. Um Wow. Actually, Talk about my, a throwback. So, so Bucky, Bucky's done the IRX stuff, and there have been a couple of times where Bucky has asked me things in the sim, and I'm like, dude, the only video game I'm any good at is the one that you're in, so I can't really help you here. <laughs> I, I, I've, done, I, I've done paint. I think I did his paint for IRX, and I've done a few more people's paints for IRX, but, but no, it's true. Do not ask me for driver so, coaching unless you want to get worse. So what I've taken away from this conversation is make make it to IRX World Championship, get Chris Leone paint. Ah, that's what I've taken. No, no, no. That was well. That was the invitational. That was the invitational. I wasn't painting the World Championship. Okay, so become famous, get IRX paint from Chris Leone. Yeah, but let me put All it right. this way: there's a million painters who can do a lot better job than I'm. I'm the jack of all trades, master of none type. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Here, I think I have it. How would it. you describe yourself, Tom? What, how would I describe myself? Yeah. Uh, I was going to say... You're I, a club of all trades? Uh, man, just like the nice, the nice middle top split in all disciplines. <laughs> P5 in anything. How's that? Is that good? Wow. Is that good, Manny? Yeah. That's that's beautiful, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. It's pretty accurate too, I think, too. Um Damn. Uh well, we're already over time. I I think God, I, we could talk about dumb shit forever. Uh, I mean, I'm 
I'm around, man. I'm not doing anything. I'll go as long as you guys want me. <laughs> Chris, Chris is ready. Chris is ready for the. Uh... You had for the endurance cup of podcasts. Oh my! I God. mean, you had you had more rapid fires for me. I'm sure you still got a. Look. I Come actually, on. I actually do have a couple more. Um, yeah, I, I, well, I do, I do, do want to. Um, if you have, a, if you have the the hottest short take on the new um broadcast streamer uh rules i want to know if if we're going to be shut down if here for sr is getting shut down did you come on the podcast to give us seven times i'm pretty sure that i've said most of the big ones while i've been on here well i mean they could show you again that that is something I, it's always interesting the fervor that comes up anytime something like that. And I think that happens anytime anybody updates a terms of service. Because, yes. spoiler alert, a lot of things don't really change. And a lot of things haven't really changed. Um, I think that there were a few cases where people read that a certain way and wanted to assume the worst um, right away. Maybe because it was past, maybe because of past experiences that they've had with us or maybe past experiences that they've had with other people. I don't know. I mean, you know, really what that's about is, you know, any, any product that you're using, any, any service that you're using, you're bound by a terms of use agreement like that. I mean, I, I would argue that a lot of things haven't fundamentally changed. And I would, I would say that probably, most of the things that would have gotten somebody in trouble for any reason are the same kinds of things that they would have gotten in trouble for before. I mean, you know, if if you try to legislate every dirty word that anybody ever says, I mean, think about John Force winning his 150th race in the NHRA. That was on national over the air Fox, right? You know, so the FCC standards matter. And John Force drops two F-bombs in the middle of that. And both of those are probably <laughs> worth about 200 grand, you know, like those are the most expensive uses of that word that you can really come up with. I mean, you know, it, it's just, I, I, I think I understand why people get uptight about things, get nervous about things, but my rule of thumb in life has always been that if you're the kind of person who's really getting nervous about somebody going after something, then you're probably the target audience. <laughs> you may you may be doing something wrong, but but at the same time, you know, in, in this case, I, I think people I think people chose to interpret the language clause in the worst case scenario way. I don't think they chose to interpret the language clause in the way that they themselves would interpret it if they had written it. And yet I think that's the way that we wrote it. I, I think they just chose to, you know, p- choose the most, you know, most damaging, most nuclear scenario that they could have. You so know? And, so and what you're saying is what you're saying is um, we're everyone. We're good. If we're not doing bad thing, we're good. Yeah. What What I'm saying is when when you're referring to offensive and vulgar language, it's not, you know, Oh, somebody used the word ass or somebody used the word shit. I mean, you can say shit on cable nowadays. Like, that's 
What I, about shit ass? Is that is that out? <laughs> Too far. I, I don't know, man. I've I've been known I've been known to chain swear words like Tony Hawk combos. So excellent. But but no, I I, I mean when when I I think offensive and vulgar really means offensive and vulgar. You know, uh, not you know. Like, like, I don't think anybody's going to go, like, throw DMCAs at good God almighty damn, you know? I mean, even I I've done that on the Nitro Circus streams as kind of a tribute to Moonhead is just kind of the wink and nod. I mean, we've tweeted all sorts of finishes from, from those races. It's, I think, I think no. people, uh, this, this goes back to what I said about if you want to find the negative experiences, you can find them. If you want to find the case scenario, you can find it too. I think that I that's that's my thought on it. And I say this having not written any of that policy. That none of that was something that I wrote myself. None of it was something that I reviewed. But I have done media policies before. I wrote them all for GRC, you know? And nothing nothing that was on there is any really different from anything that I would have done when I was in control of media for that quote unquote major if you want to call it professional racing series. So, you know, take take that for what it is, I guess. A good take. Good take. Chris. So from the sounds of it, I guess to summarize, cursing is fine. What matters is if like you're being actively offensive or vulgar where you're like targeting people or or groups in any way that could be construed as uh discrimination. I, I feel I feel like people should be able to really figure out the line pretty pretty easily i i yeah. think i i think people that want to dive too far into the details of that you know i i, I think th i think those are the people who are just looking to find whatever the line is so they can go up to it and just sort of try to tiptoe up to it you know and and i don't know that that's a good thing for either them you know i i don't think that's a good thing for them as much as i would say that it's not a good thing for iRacing or Twitch or anybody, any streaming platform you're using or anybody else you're representing or anybody who's watching, you know, I, <laughs> it's, it's my, my first commandment, if you want to call it that. And I, is <laughs> just, just be cool, man. You know, just be cool. Like, and I think if more people were just willing to follow that, then they'd be able to figure out the details without a lot of explanation. Just be cool. I think you yeah. should. You should put that as an option for the uh, the new. Yeah, the, when they, when it comes up, is you got to sign the new you know terms of use. It should say that, yeah. and then the the next page should say just be cool, Chris Leon, <laughs> and then they, you know you sign that too. And I think it should be fine. I think yeah. the third page should say fuck Tom, but that's yeah, well, really that's that's odd. yeah that's who are you, Mark Hoppus? <laughs> Uh, I bet you like uh, there's a good chunk of the iRacing community like they're young enough they don't know who that is but I know and I feel so old you know me with my Blink 182 instruments that I got in the spare room mm, yeah, I feel nice. I feel so old we could we could probably talk about that for a whole other pod too uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah I'm a bass player so but we're gonna we're gonna oh, no one wants to hear about it um, see Manny doesn't want to hear about it uh, no okay next question um, what happened to the Rockingham UK scan where is it is that Rector no. I won't. Okay, I can't disclose I, this. I can't disclose okay. who is asking you questions. <laughs> well, I, I. So I, 
there there is one person in the community who jokes about this all the time. I have no idea because I I genuinely don't know. But there's one person on Twitter who jokes about that all the time. And um I frequently when I see that I try to joke back. Um uh, so what you're saying <laughs> is uh we need to borrow your login so we can check the share drive. That's that's what I've learned. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not on Alpha. I don't there's no need or use for me to be on Alpha, guys. I'm not again, I, I can't state this enough. I was not hired for my sim driving ability. I, you know, I was, I was hired because I worked in professional PR in motorsport and happened to have familiarity and actually wrote for in racing news way, way back in the day when I was in college. Ooh, Um, I actually, I I saw, I saw one of those articles. I don't know why. Oh, what was it? I think I might've shared it to something. I saw an article that you had written about, uh, I think it was a spec racer Ford or Pontiac Solstice. Uh, no, no, Those no, no. it wasn't. It was like, it was something like oval related. Oh, God, what was it? It was really bizarre. I, I was looking for something else, like something specific. And I there was this article and it just happened to be like Chris Leone. I was like, that is the strangest <laughs> fucking thing. All of, all of my old crap comes back to haunt me. Like all the years I wrote for Bleacher Report. Okay, so you Ooh, guys want to hear the weirdest the weirdest DM that I ever got on Twitter. A yes. Couple, yeah. Yeah. A couple yes. of months ago, somebody DM'd me. So I wrote, I wrote a, I wrote a story on Bleacher Report when I was like 19 or 20 and I had not worked in professional motorsports yet. You know, I had no connections. I had no anything with anybody. Um, and I wrote something about the drivers in the most feuds in NASCAR and Brian Vickers was on that list. Um, you know, because at the time, I, Brian Vickers, I don't remember who he was mixing it up with, but I got some weird DMs from somebody doing a Jeffrey Epstein podcast, okay? Because Brian oh Vickers' wife God. is linked to Jeffrey Epstein, and she was just like trying to grill me for information about a man who I've never met, you know, based on an article that I had written about 10 years ago when I was writing for something that at the time was still ESPN meets Wikipedia, where anybody could submit for it. And I was talking out my, you know what? And I, I I didn't respond to these DMS. They're still just sitting there, but I'm just like, this is the weirdest outreach I've ever gotten. Like what? Wow. You're great. Separation or one. Congratulations. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, like, what on why? Why on earth do you think that I have any insight on this man's personal life? Uh, you know, you have a you have a, a storied and uh, interesting career, Chris. That's that's what we'll say. <laughs> that's uh, that's a, that's a way to put it. Yeah, well, and, that's how we're gonna put it. Just, just, are... <laughs> just, just let it just let it let it ride. Let it ride. Um, I think the last one I got, okay, we covered the, we covered the terms of use thing, covered Rockingham UK. Uh, I was a little, I was a little bit disappointed. You didn't just leave us with an awkward silence. That's what the chat really wanted. Uh, that's what the listeners are going to want later when they come on their podcast. So they think the podcast was over. If you make the silence long enough, maybe they just think it was over one time on this very podcast, this very podcast, uh, my fire alarm went off, uh, (laughs) and, uh, Manny and Nick went over the, uh, driver by driver, Manny asked Nick how the 
each Coke driver was going to do in the in the year that was coming. We it was a Coke preview, uh, quote unquote, mm-hmm. show, and they used the the roster from the previous year. I can't make it up. It's very, it was incredible. Very, very good. Very pristine content. Uh, some of the best. Um, Sports we were also trying to define how many corners an oval had. Mm. Yes, how that many, was how many, solid how many corners does an oval have, Chris? How many corners does an oval have? So, oh, so this is the two versus four debate, basically. No, uh, because uh, we were talking specifically D ovals. Yeah. So, is it two, four, or six? Or six? Huh. Try oh, try Yeah. Try Um. You know, you concern yourself with the details on all that too much, and <laughs> I, I think you'll just be chasing misery forever. Sounds like a six man if I've ever heard be, one. Because, yeah. because arguably, California and Michigan would just be five. Uh, that is true. We actually had um, Shane Van Gisbergen in the chat for that one. Uh, who uh, you may be familiar with, but <laughs> that uh, is certainly a name. He was he was dying. Uh, I think <laughs> I think he had some opinions on Nick and I's conversation. Oh, Shane has opinions on the podcast. And whenever he's in the chat, he says, "What is this shit?" Straight dribble. That's every time. Uh, I think he just. I think he might just check in when we're live, write that, and leave. I, I mean, I'm not really sure. Uh, but 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 every every week, there's someone from from New Zealand that listens, Manny. If it's not Shane, then I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, anyway, last question. Last question for you, Chris. Yeah. Um, uh, demographic shifts in iRacing. Uh, is there a push going forward, do you think, now that we've seen, you know, we, we saw the Pro Invitational, um, and that was definitely a good push uh, for the more, you know, traditional um, audience in both the viewing side and probably, you know, people moving to sim racing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, or is there plans for a future sort of push to, you know, keep, um, advertising or promoting to these kind of uh, households or people? I mean, I think you have to, it's, you know, it's funny. One of the biggest things that our team picked up on during the Bristol race was Alex Bowman trying to hit the tear off button in the car and not being able to do it because of all the dirt and the dust. Uh, And it's like, and it's like, okay, that's how we know we've made it. We're part of the vernacular. Now we're everybody knows what I racing is. And everybody knows what my personal favorite was, uh, the fly guy imitating the I racing fly guy. Do you, I don't know if you listen to how much radio Lamar broadcast you listen to Chris, but Pretty much, um, but Nick Damon is a big iRacing guy, and and like every broadcast, like they'll he'll always be like, ah, yeah, that would have been a, a real one X, or, or they'll like hit somebody and they'll, <laughs> they'll be like, oh, four X for that guy, or you know, such and such on and on. Um, but they're like always getting iRacing bits in, so yeah, it's become like it's become a, a thing. It's become a thing mm-hmm. that, you know, like I can watch a race and they'll be like, make an iRacing joke. It's, it's good. It's interesting. I should have thought to wear yeah. my iRacing shirt for the pod today. Definite oversight. I'll uh, rectify that wow. for the next time. Chris Fire. is on. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to get a, I'll have to actually get a webcam set up and I'll, I haven't been to my desk at the iRacing office in a year, but I've got, a Robbie Gordon Indy 500 crew shirt from one of the singular years 
uh, that's in there. So if oh I ever go back God. in my my Damn. desk, we did like no diecast during this whole show, which is really funny considering the headline that you went with or the stream title that you went. Don't with. worry, it's for the sequel episode. Ah. <laughs> but but there is um there is all sorts of I got some of like the cool rare stuff that is just hanging out on my desk there. I've got prototype 118th diecast from actions cart days like the pre-production models of a few cars i've got cars from the dakar rally i've got um god i don't even remember everything else that's there because i haven't seen it in a year and i just haven't maybe that's what i'll do i'll go to the office at one in the morning use my key card and i'll go take inventory Okay. Uh, once we're once we're wrapped up here, yeah. Okay, here, we'll, here's what you do. We'll do that. Here's what you do. Uh, just make a promise uh, that you'll post in the Tiny Cars of the Day channel uh, uh, next week. Just give, I'll a, find give some, us a little love. I'll I'll find some stuff for you. I'll 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 have to do that It'll once tap. we no. I'll I'll do that once we wrap up because I'll forget to do it. Up. No, so I'll just go downstairs. That's fair. That's um, fair. You know. There's some cool F1 stuff down there. There's some cool open wheel stuff down there. Anyhow. Um, okay, casual fans. It took me a second, but I got back. Dirty casuals. I mean, I... <laughs> Say it like it is. <laughs> I told you I saw them in Brooklyn in a basement. They were a kick-ass show. <laughs> Sorry, quote an aqua team there. Anyway. Um... Ooh. Oh, damn. I didn't even pick up on it. That's really good. That's really excellent. Did you see the Did you see the April Fools? Not to get us back off track, but did you see the April Fools Adult Swim jo- no, Junior? No. And they they dubbed over that episode with kids' voices, and they had to rewrite like half of the episode because like they replaced all of Carl's dirty magazines with coloring books. It was great. Um, wow. But, I mean, this that is a deep cut, Chris. That it was, was really so good. Deep cut. It was so good, but. But no, I mean, I, I think you're naturally going to see that increase in casual, um, just c- kind of a casual race fan coming to iRacing. And, you know, it, but it's kind of difficult. I mean, obviously, we're in a unique position where the way that the iRacing service or product is designed is it's a different experience than going out and buying a 50 or $60 video game for your, you know, for your PS5 or your Xbox Series X or whatever, popping the disc in and maybe Absolutely. there's maybe there's 40 bucks worth of DLC that is optional to your experience, but the game is theoretically finished when you buy it. Um, you know, I obviously mean, we're a different experience and that limits you a little naturally casual. So I think it'll have, I, I, I think it'll continue to increase, but you know, obviously we are kind of geared towards a diehard and a hardcore base. And it's awesome that that base is 180,000 plus people. Um, I mean, that is an incredible number, especially because we had like just celebrated a hundred thousand a couple of months before the lockdowns started happening and the world started shutting down. Um, but you know, just a drastic, drastic increase, which is really cool. But you know, again, it's, it is a little bit of a different experience and we know that and we recognize that and we strive to try to deliver what you, you know, what you would expect from that experience. And there's always going to be people who are looking at it with a highly critical eye and there's always going to be, can be improved upon and worked upon. But, you know, I, I, I think where we stand to gain the most, obviously in casual fans, casual racing fans, giving it a try is, 
you know, through those pro invitationals and, you know, hopefully not the way that we were gaining them in March and April and May of last year, because that means that something else has gone terribly wrong in the world and no, um, you know, it, it's in a way it's hard to celebrate everything that we did in 2020 because of that context, you know, that's not how it's, it's great to be winning if you want to go back to Charlie Sheen speak, but, um, Oh, we always you, do, but not like this, you know, you know what I mean? I, like, that's not how you want to do it. It's for us. I think we looked at it, especially all of the pro invitationals as we're trying to do right by the world. We're trying to do right by the racing community. We're trying to do right by drivers and their sponsors and their teams and everybody who is struggling and not able to compete. And certainly everybody who is struggling and not able to work in non-racing fields that looks to racing as their escape. You know, that's how we looked at a lot of last year is we are trying to do our little part to help the world be a little bit brighter, you know, uh, while we're all dealing with this and while we're all locked in our homes and sheltering in place and not seeing the people we love and care about. You know, we're just trying to give people a little escape from that. Um, And that's really that was really the motivation behind making 2020 what it was. Um, and you definitely got a lot of people, you know, casual fans giving it a try. And, you know, for a number of reasons, it may not always necessarily be for them. But, you know, I, I, I think you'll see more people as time goes on, just continue to give it a try and continue to want to play and continue to want to sort of invest in this um, in our platform and everything that's going on. Um, you know, we're we're here to. We're here to deliver the best racing simulation that we possibly can and the best world championships that we possibly can and, uh, you know, the best community experience that we possibly can. So that's that's really what it all comes down to, um, you know, regardless of what you want to label and user at, whether whether they're a racing diehard or whether they're somebody who's just kind of discovered it and fallen in love with it, like a Bernard Pollard or something like that. You or know, me with dirt. Also fair, fair enough. You know, whatever, whatever, however. You um, but we're just—I knew nothing about dirt before <laughs> iRacing, and now I'm like, I'm super about it. Hooked on it, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I—I I mean, I think that's what it comes down to, though. I think, I think we'll end on that note. Uh, a, a proper, a, a proper statement there. Um, in the chat, of course, can't end on something like this. Sentimental. We need a solid fart noise soon. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> Yay, there we go. <laughs> he did. There it. you go. He did. The, the man delivers. He did the thing. Um, I did the thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Chris. Uh, thanks, Manny, um, for for hanging out with us. Um, listen on Spotify and all that jazz. You probably are right now. I know uh, so much of the audio-only listener, I still cannot convert into the Twitch crowd, uh, but I'm trying. Go listen live. Um, yep, follow on <laughs> Twitch. Join the Discord. Uh, A brief aside, I just realized that in 20 episodes, I don't think we've actually se- ever said when we go live. So to clarify for our Twitch and audio-only listeners, um, we go live every Saturday, every seven days without fail. <laughs> Uh, uh, eight central. Why do I have a feeling that you're being tongue in cheek when you say that? 
It's uh, every seven days, Chris. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. We're not joking. Uh, it's absolutely every, it's every week. Never missed a week. Uh, 8 Central, never missed a week. Saturdays, uh, if time changes, it's still going to be 8 Central. Don't come at me with that. No one get confused. Let's see. Spotify, the Twitch, We start the Discord, on time every time. Here for SR. Here, the number 4, SR.com. Uh, did I miss any Manny? I'm so bad. Nick was so much better at this. He was ready. We really should have recorded it just so we can play it at the end. I that was really Probably stupid. Fuck this up. But I think he always ended one, in where uh, mine is here joke. and also fuck Tom. That sounds about right. That sounds like what he would say. Uh, that could have been him. Seriously, it's like I'm listening to the Mark, Tom, and Travis show over. <laughs> I still yeah, got that in my car. It's. It's really awkward if I'm just like driving through a drive through and you get to all the banner tracks at the end where they're just basically swearing at each other. It's it's really awkward. <laughs> Seems fine. Could have we could have just played that until we let's just play that next time until you would have got no time. you would have gotten you really would have gotten a Twitch shakedown on on playing that. Yeah, yeah. That's well, but, but but if we but would we get an iRacing shakedown? That's the dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Cut his mic. No, Cut his mic. <laughs> no, I, no, I think I think MCA might be a little more. Mm, Would true. litigious be the word, or just proactive, or I, mm. I don't know what you want. To proactive point. sounds very positive. That's, but that's but the <laughs> yes, proactive about taking content off of the internet. That's yes. right. Uh, what? Well, you know, just just as a, as a sidebar, um, when the when the why are we sidebarring at the I end? Know, well, it's, it's, <laughs> what the when fuck? when the, when we had the when we had the fire alarm and I was stuck outside for like an hour and a half. Uh, Is Manny, this you paying back? Man, I was stuck outside, and I'm in. You know, I'm I'm running the stream, and I couldn't shut off the stream. And Manny and Nick were like, "Well, I guess we're gonna leave." And people in chat were like, "Oh, play some copyrighted music, and we'll keep reporting." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh my god alright let's go uh, thanks guys that was good uh, excellent pod I'm, I'm proud of you both